This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From M&A rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm recording from my home studio, far, far away from my co-host and producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. This co-host got COVID. A COVID. This co-host got COVID. Yeah, I'm coming live from... From my closet, it truly feels like early 2020 when this is exactly where we recorded. And boy, do I not miss it. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, it's pretty lame of you to get COVID in June 2022. I know. The boat's passed, girl. I'm so late to the trend. So late to the trend. Yeah. I'm just, I'm a wannabe. (laughs) You're such a try-hard COVID fan. (laughs) Honestly, yeah, the bandwagon is full. (laughs) Okay, and you're coming along June 2022, trying to hop on board, acting like, oh, cough, cough, cough. We see right through you. There's so many variants. We don't even know what we've got now. Just the market is flooded. I know. I'm starting to see people who had it in December who are getting it again. So I'm like, oh, God, I'm vulnerable. You're vulnerable. She's coming for me once again. Honestly, my nose is a little stuffy today. So I'm like, could it be? Alex thought it was just allergies, so... (laughs) Yeah, I'll take one of my Biden tests and see. Yeah. Anyway, guys, I'm fine. I'm fine. But sorry that I sound like this. Don't worry, though. Yeah, we got you covered because I know we've been taking a lot of breaks in the past month and people are getting a little testy uh, (laughs) because you need your release. And I get it. If you don't release... Stuff builds up. And then um, I don't want to be responsible for any of your actions. So thankfully, we recorded uh, this very special episode two days before Barry jumped on the COVID bandwagon and got herself infected. So (laughs) thankfully, we don't have to hear her disgusting, sickly self for the rest of the episode. But here's what's going to go down. Okay, we're going to kick things off a little ranting. And then we're skipping worse things first to go right to our deep dive slash interview. We are opening up the rant hotline for your hottest food complaints with cookbook authors, chefs, co-hosts of the new podcast, Borderline Salty. We got Carla Lally Music and Rack Martinez on the pod for some joint complaining with you, our listeners. And finally, we'll get to all the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down easier with our chasers. And that'll be approximately 20 minutes long because all I've done is watch TV, so I have a lot of TV to cover. Let's do it. Let's get into it. Let's start the show. (laughs) 
All right. Uh, I'm assuming you have a lot to complain about this week, but I'll ask it anyway, Barry. What? <laughs> is your gripe of the week. Listen, I have a lot to complain about, but I can't remember any of it because of um, the COVID foggy brain. So I guess I'll start there, which is what will happen, which I just want to preface this. I am boosted, vaccinated. I have the kind of COVID that has just felt like a bad cold, like not even really a flu. I'm so grateful for that. I'm totally fine. The like symptoms that have come and gone are weird. So it's just like a little taste of what COVID really is. And the foggy brain is real. Okay. Yeah. I will be like starting to say a sentence and then just absolutely forgetting what that sentence was going to be and being like, nope, it's gone. Um, right. It's absolutely just out of the brain. There's nothing in there. It is mush. <laughs> and that is actually kind of fun um, because it's like, <laughs> cool, I don't have to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fun in like a mental illness kind of way. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's like turns out the cure to depression is not having thoughts. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss. They always are saying that. <laughs> no, I'm just yeah, I question whether some of my brain fogginess is like latent COVID hangover. And then I'm reading stories where people are like, yeah, I didn't have like long COVID symptoms until like a year after I got it. Then they started and I'm like, cool, cool, cool. So we're all <laughs> fucked is what we're saying. <laughs> Our brains will never be the same. And that's actually like so chill. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to using this as an excuse for the rest of my life. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I forgot your birthday. You know, I had COVID in 2022. So like it just doesn't really yeah. stick around. <laughs> It'll be the year 2040, um, yeah. and on our garbage island, I'm going to be like, sorry, I forgot everything about you. <laughs> I mean, what's your actual gripe? My actual gripe is listeners here know I've always had crazy ass dreams, okay? I have vivid dreams. I remember every single dream I've had. My psychiatrist did this week tell me that antidepressants and OCD can, quote, change the architecture of your sleep. So that was cool. So it's partially that, but COVID has made my dreams <laughs> true insanity. <laughs> like, like I, the full feature length films that have been happening, the amount of times that I have had a dream where I decide, knowing I have COVID, to throw a party. And then like a lot of celebrities are there and they don't like me. Uh-huh. And then it becomes a super spreader event. Uh-huh. I've had that dream like every single night. Um, I've also spent a lot more time on Instagram and TikTok, which is why I think the celebrity thing is happening. Yeah. Yeah. And also so much TV. But the 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 best worst one that I have had if you follow us on Instagram, you already know this, is that I had a very intense will-they-won't-they storyline with Ray Romano <laughs> in a dream. It is truly so upsetting <laughs> in this, our year 2022, that you would be having a dream about Ray Romano. I mean, to be fair, he is one of the stars of Made for Love on HBO yes, Max. And, so. Yes, and, and I had recently watched that. So it's like, I know that that's what it's from. But like of all the characters in Made for Love to have a will-they-won't-they they relationship with in my dreams. Yeah. My brain went with Ray Romano. Right. Who in that show 
is with a sex doll. Yeah, is in a committed relationship a with a sex doll. <laughs> what is my brain telling me? <laughs> and we've talked about this in person, but I don't know if we've said this on the show. One of the symptoms of your psychosis is that <laughs> your brain is somehow a sponge and anything that you consume prior to bedtime is just an immediate star of your dreams. Yes, and yes, I, that, is, that is how it works. <laughs> frankly, wish I had that power um, <laughs> because it's wasted on you <laughs> and you produce <laughs> visions like this. So I have been known to have prophetic dreams. So, mm, Ray, mm-hmm. if you're listening, call me. My grandma claims to have had prophetic dreams and I'm like, OK. <laughs> <laughs> She's like predicted oh. deaths before. I'm like, you need to stop sleeping is what needs to happen. <laughs> I can't I can't have you seeing anything that none of us are going to like. This is why they fucking ditched Bruno. Um, you never watched Encanto? that movie. I never saw Encanto. Yeah. I, I fully thought you were talking about like a Christian prophet that I didn't know about or something. <laughs> <laughs> I was yes. like, Bruno, I don't remember him. From the ancient <laughs> biblical text, we don't talk about Bruno. Um, okay. What about you? What, what's your grape this week? Well, update. Um, I thought the millipedes were gone. Last, uh, last episode, oh. I discussed um, having millipedes in my apartment and they started multiplying and then uh, I thought I got rid of them and now this week I've caught a couple of more of them. So no fucking idea where they're coming from. <laughs> um, one listener theory that was posted on Instagram was that because I technically live on the 13th floor, my building, my... Right, it's floor 14, right. but there is no floor 13, therefore technically you live on the haunted mansion floor i live on the invisible 13th floor that is haunted and my apartment is filled with the omen of of millipedes yeah which i hate um <laughs> but i'm taking care of them living through it i'm surviving i guess my gripe of the week so i once again made the mistake of joining a summer kickball league and yes. i did not learn my lesson last year last year i did it for the first time and i swear last year like of the team were people who had never played kickball on this level before. Right. AKA after third grade. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. this year I went into it and I was told that there's like weekend kickball that tends to be a little more laid back because people are like, it's the weekend. Yeah. It's like Saturday at 1 p.m. Everyone goes to brunch beforehand, gets wasted, goes and plays kickball, and then just continues getting wasted the rest of the day. And I was like, that is not for 31-year-old Matt. I <laughs> I could have done that a few years ago, perhaps. But I feel like <laughs> if I play kickball on the weekend, I will die if i commit an entire day to just drinking and playing a children's game there's no way i'm getting out of that the same hey i'm really proud of you for recognizing your boundaries and yeah, then you i know, know my living limits. within them so i joined a weekday one it turns out the weekday one is fucking serious they're here oh, to fucking play no. kickball and i am scared for my life some of these <laughs> people are taking shit seriously and i i everyone say it with me can't play kickball <laughs> i am the weak link and i was like no no no! i am here to drink i'm here to like have fun emotional I'm here to meet support people. the cheerleader exactly i will say my very first game though was this past week and i made a run i made <gasps> one run yes um and i caught a fly ball and it was in the rain 
Okay. Wow. Okay. You're fully in the Olympics. Basically, um, David Beckham. Wow. <laughs> yeah. The one athlete who I could think of off the top of my head. <laughs> but yeah, this is no, no shade. I just, everyone needs to calm down is my complaint. <laughs> I, I just feel like we all need to recognize that we are adults playing a children's game. Yep. And if I fuck up, because inevitably I will. Right. I just want everybody to remember that this is ridiculous and we are clowns <laughs> we are gay clowns playing a children's <laughs> game in the middle of new york city as adults yeah and i just hope everybody remembers the one play that i actually did well yeah yeah unfortunately you have set the bar like quite high for the rest of the season for yourself <laughs> um so that will be expected of you every game yeah but there's really nowhere to go but down yeah so or I round look those bases, baby. Or I just get so good that yeah. I become an unstoppable athletic force. You're going to become the MVP. By the end of this league, they're going to be hoisting you up like you're at a Jewish wedding. Exactly. Not even in a chair. That's no. how strong my legs will be. My yeah. core will be so tight that I could just <laughs> perform a squat while everybody lifts me up in celebration. <laughs> Anyway, that is my that is really my main complaint. Yeah. <laughs> Just immediately maligning myself from <laughs> from my new teammates. Again, if any of my new teammates are listening to this, I liked everybody. I enjoyed my first game. I'm excited for our next game. I just want to lower expectations is all I'm saying. Yeah. I will say that my it's this kind of like a pre-chaser because it's truly not a complaint. My favorite part of you being back on a kickball league is getting your post kickball game drunk texts because they are next level. They are my favorite version of you in text form. <laughs> I will not share the photo you sent for your own sake, but I will say, well, no, I can't say this. Do you want to read it? Basically, guys, I'm drunk after gay kickball parentheses. Faggotry. <laughs> And all I can think about is how good I Dreamed a Dream is. This yeah. was sent to our Broadway group chat. <laughs> I was thinking about that song that night. I don't know why. Because it's a perfect song. But I should also add that I don't know what is happening. I mean, I know why. But every bartender at a gay bar is choosing violence with the way that they pour <laughs> drinks. I watched that the man pouring drinks with awe. Because he tilted that bottle and didn't bring it back up for minutes. Oh, boy. And I had several drinks and it was not <laughs> it was not pretty on a Tuesday night. So uh, anyway, that was my week. We had wildly disparate weeks. <laughs> it sounds like. But yeah, yeah, we made it through. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's it for our gripes of the week. Now let's get to our rant hotline borderline salty crossover edition with Rick Martinez and Carla Lally music. We are so excited to have acclaimed chefs, cookbook authors, podcast co-hosts, Carla Lally Music, and Rick Martinez on the pod. This is a, the ultimate crossover event. I have to say, I'm such a fan of you both. I've made both of your recipes. I've probably cussed you both out at some point. <laughs> Love so. that. Wouldn't be a recipe otherwise. 
<laughs> it's nice to, yeah, we're now in the same room and we can bitch together in the same Zoom room. So <laughs> welcome to Unhappy Hour, Carla and Rick. Thank you for having us. So psyched to be here. You two uh, co-host the sister podcast, we could call it, on Pineapple Street Studios called Borderline Salty. Can you just give us a little bit about the show? What What is it for people who haven't tuned in yet? We just like to hang out and make each other laugh, kind of. <laughs> That's perfect. Same. Yeah, that is truly what motivates us every time we get on the horn together. And then what keeps us busy is uh, essentially our show is just car talk for food. So if you've ever listened to car talk and didn't know anything about cars and wish they were talking about food, that is our show. One, I'm a huge car talk fan. <laughs> Two, absolutely. <Same>. I like. <laughs> when, obviously, I knew about this podcast before the audiences did because I work at Pineapple Street. But I also was like, I deeply need this and have been listening because I have so many questions about what to do in the kitchen because I don't have any ideas. So thank you for your service, honestly. <laughs> It honestly is so enjoyable. I mean, you think of food stuff and it's like a lot of times you like to see it, but you two are so fun together and it's so fun to just listen to you talk about how to flip a pancake. Sometimes <laughs> you just need need someone to to talk it out. These are things that there's not only one way. And no. we, working together for many years, talked about each other's recipes ad nauseum, mm -hmm. like little things that will really change something or learning from each other a lot of different tips. So it's super fun to think about flipping pancakes. Yeah. So our show is all about complaining. We obviously, <laughs> um, we love to complain. And we have a voicemail box we call the Rant Hotline, where, where our listeners get to call in with all of their gripes. And so since Borderline Salty is also a call-in show, we thought we'd open up our Rant Hotline, get people to call in with their food-specific bitching. I'll, yes. We'll call it Kitchen Bitchin'. <laughs> I think that is the title oh, of the episode. Yes. Kitchen Bitchin'. <laughs> um, and we had so many people call in. Truly, like everybody called in about this. <laughs> oh my god i can't wait a lot of people love to complain about food <laughs> so we'll we'll go through them with you maybe it'll lead to some real advice but you know mostly this is just a pathway for us to get to bitch with one another and perhaps you will judge all of our listeners but that's okay and probably us to be honest um and the ways we feel and think about food and cooking so excited to be judged <laughs> i mean we're so super judgy so that's great yeah exactly we love to commiserate yeah Truly the perfect pairing. <laughs> Before we get into our calls, I guess we just to get into the mood of complaining and hearing complaints, I'll ask each of you, what are your kind of kitchen or food or recipe rants, if there's one that comes to mind? Uh, whenever anybody asks me when dinner's going to be ready. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> it's ready when it's ready. Is that exactly. it? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Fuck right off. Yeah. On. Is the table set? <laughs> Did you do everything? Am I listening to good cooking music? I mean, come on. One time my dad, our grill was on fire. Like actually on, there was there was a <laughs> grease fire happening with the grill. And my dad walked downstairs and said, so hypothetically speaking, if this weren't happening, when do you think dinner would be ready? <laughs> oh. Oh my God. <laughs> what? What? Spoken like a true dad. <laughs> Wait, so who was grilling when the grill was on fire? My mom. Oh, oh nice. <laughs> Dad was just there kind of. <laughs> yeah. I would say for moral support, but like not even that. I would the say opposite, actually, actually the opposite of moral yeah. support. Antagonistic support. <laughs> um, okay. So, so we got asking when dinner is ready from Carla. Rick, do you have any that come to mind? 
Um, similar. I get asked frequently, and actually, I just gone through a home renovation, and literally, the gentleman who laid the tiles in the bathroom and the plumber both asked me, "Where are the cookies?" I'm like. You literally <laughs> walked in my house to install tiles and you're asking me where the cookies are? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. And yeah. then somebody else asked me, um, can you make some torta de lechon? And I'm like, okay, no first of all, that like is a six hour braised <laughs> hunk of meat. So it's not like I'm just going to whip up a batch of lechon. But also you're the fucking right. like, you're the plumber. Like I'm paying you. Mom. <laughs> Honestly, send them to my mom. My mom gives out dr- like food and drinks to anyone who walks by. She's just like that kind so of Midwestern funny. polite who's just immediately like, oh, you're walking near my house. Here, please, please take granola. Please take anything. I have become the friend who will bring cookies or something. I'll bake something. And I do hate when I don't bring it or when they'll text me like an hour before I'm supposed oh, to be yeah, there yeah. and say like, are you making cookies? And it's like, no, I'm You're bringing not. cookies, right? <laughs> It's too late now. We only have an hour. Um, You need to put in your request 24 hours in advance. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. I need an ordering system is what I need. Mm. I need a website submission box. I used to always keep like extra treats like brittle or shortbread cookies or just extra things around the holidays because, you know, people stop by and they're like, oh, I have this thing for you. And you're like, and I have this thing for you (laughs) that I totally thought about. And... This year, you know, there wasn't a lot of people stopping by, but our UPS guy has been just like MVP every day. Such a nice guy. Always psyched, like so sweet, has met everybody in the family. And so I had these extra cookies and he came right before the holidays and he was like, I have here a package for you. And I was like, and I have a package for you. And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, it's for me. And I was like, (laughs) totally. Thank you so much. You're the best. And it was like wrapped up and had, you know, it wasn't just like on a plate. It was like. I had wrapped up the treats and gave them to him, and he looked so frightened. (laughs) He was just like, uh, okay, and like took them and never saw him again. He like literally, I think, left and was like, I need a new route because that lady. Carly, you're on a list. You are on a list somewhere. Never saw him again. No, it's like a joke in the family. They're like, you scare that guy away. Yeah, with your toxic generosity, I would say. Wow. (laughs) Oh, New Yorkers. I love that. (laughs) That is truly the most New York thing. Never, never show kindness or else it will bite you. So funny. (laughs) Well, um, I love it. We're, We're in the complaining mood. I think we're ready for our first caller. Shall we hit the play button? Yeah. Who is eating onions? (laughs) Who? They're not good. They don't taste good. No matter how you make them. You cook them, gross. You put them raw, you eat them raw, why would you eat anything like that raw? You put it in my salad, salad ruined. You put it on my steak, steak ruined. Also, when you cut it, it makes you cry. That should be your first indication that it is a terrible, terrible vegetable. There we go. This is. These are all great points. Yeah. Yeah. Our first one really coming in hot. I would say <laughs> one of the hottest takes you probably could offer uh, to professional food people. Immediate thoughts, reactions? I have a lot of empathy for lots of raw red onion on anything. And they're like, it's so strange because, you know, sometimes there's like 
the right amount. Like it's just a light dusting of raw red onion. And then other times you go someplace and your sandwich is literally like all red onion. I'm like, yeah. why? Why? Yeah. You've wasted all of this vegetable and I can't possibly eat this and survive. I uh, personally, uh, maybe this caller felt like they knew they were calling into a safe space because I have been vocal about my my love-hate relationship with onions. I grew up in like an Italian household and there was always like very strong smells of garlic and mm-hmm. onions. And I used to be so self-conscious about like smelling like garlic mm-hmm. and onions. Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. know that my mom was making lasagna before I got home from school because you could smell it from the street. I was like, (laughs) I don't like this. So now I have like a psychological aversion to onions. Yeah, I've always had a hard time with raw onion and cooked onion, it to me is delicious, but raw, the sulfur that the onion releases when you cut into it is literally its defense mechanism to try to kill you so that you won't eat it. I never thought about it it that way. You know, the caller was right. They are built to kind of injure you. That's like part of their DNA. We really just said, Um, fuck it. We're going to eat it anyway. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) People were like, what? I don't care if it's a fruit or vegetable. We we're hungry. We got to go in. Um, Onion is one of those things that I'm trying to teach myself to like Rick is more familiar. We work through some of these fears (laughs) on the show, but I have, if I soak them in cold water, They're palatable. It's like I felt like I was missing out because so many people love raw onion. Mm -hmm. So then I felt like I was missing out. So I'm trying to force myself to like them. Maybe I should just just forget about it. Just forget about, you know, cook them, caramelize them like when they're. Yeah, caramelize them. There are better ways. Caramelize them. Delicious. Also, you can stick those bad boys in the refrigerator and it'll neutralize Mm. all that sulfur and you won't smell it or cry. Uh, Is that true? It is true. Uncut or cut? Both. But like if you just like so for before a shoot, I put all the onions in the fridge and then when you cut them, nothing happens. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. See, the entire hour will be worth it for that alone. (laughs) Rick just single handedly (laughs) taking down the onion goggle industry. (laughs) Yeah. If I shed a single tear the next time I do it, I'm calling you up. I don't care what time of the day it is. And I will put them on blast. Well, clearly you have a faulty fridge. So, yeah, that know. could be. I, okay. Yeah, I have a New York fridge. It, it's uh-huh. a miracle if it's working on any given day. But I am still one of those people who's like, I feel like I have watched every video on the proper way to chop an onion. Yeah. I, I want to go like full Julia Child and just buy like a bushel of them and just spend <laughs> the afternoon learning how. But I still, it still eludes me. I don't know if it's just the like rubbery exterior, always like my knife slips. It's a miracle yeah. I haven't stabbed myself. I just don't know if it's ever going to be for me. Sharp knife is like Key. the number one. That will also reduce the amount of fumes because if you slice cleanly through, you're not crushing all the cell walls. Right, so you get right, less right. of that. But <laughs> I've also found this is a weird like 10 great things that came out of the pandemic. Like learning that you can wear if you're wearing a mask when you cut the onion, you're less likely to cry because you've closed off two of the orifices. Sure. So Yeah. Less go. fumes. Yeah. I learned that. Mm-hmm. I I also never know what the proper knife to use is. I mean, this is sort of like 101. I just feel like I'm always using the wrong knife or I bought the wrong one and it's not sharp enough. And even though I bought a sharpener, the number of gadgets and tools that I have that are absolutely useless 
But yeah. Well, speaking of unnecessary tools, that kind of sets us right up yeah. for the next caller. Let's hear it. Hi, Matt and Barry and special guests. Here's my question about kitchen shit. I bought a potato ricer to be all fancy, but I don't understand. Am I missing something? Like, I boil a bunch of potatoes, and then somehow I have to put boiling hot fucking potatoes into a thing and smash them all up like a goddamn garlic press. Am I supposed to wait for them to cool? Because then they're cold mashed potatoes. I don't understand. I want fancy potatoes, but I don't want burnt hands. I'm confused. What am I doing wrong? Thank you. Love you guys. Amazing. The passion. The passion. I actually don't even know. Mm-hmm. It's a potato ricer. You. It's literally just to cook potatoes. N- no, no. It's a no. It's to smash to them. puree yeah. the or yeah, it smashes them just like a garlic press, like they said. Oh, is that the thing that you like grind? No, that that's a food mill. <laughs> just Google <laughs> it. <laughs> You know what? This listener knows more about potato ricers than I do. Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts on their and their their complaint? So true. Like, actually, I'm glad she vocalized that because I kind of hate them. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I love hate them, right? Like, because when you do put a hot potato in a ricer and then you mix in like soft butter and a little yeah. bit of cream or half and mm-hmm. half. Yeah. It's like you do get the best mashed potatoes ever. But mm-hmm. it is a bitch, right? Like you're burning your hands. <laughs> also, the peel, because I never peel them, you know, first. So like you mm-hmm. boil a whole potato and then you just throw it in the thing. And then like the peel gets stuck on the ends and it squishes out. And it's like, it is a very annoying <laughs> yeah. process. So, yes, I agree with caller. I learned something from you recently, though, Rick, which was I can't remember what the context was, but you were talking about wearing like two pairs of latex gloves oh, to yeah, for the, insulate the your hands. Yeah. Oh, for mandolining. Yeah. yeah. But also like hot. So things. maybe. Yeah. Right. Maybe you could do that here. And because if the potato cools down, it becomes gummy. So right. you really it has to be hot. Otherwise, you're going to make like potato glue. Another COVID pandemic lesson, masks yeah. and gloves. You cut your onions, <laughs> you pick up your boiling hot potatoes. Yeah. Just kill all the birds with one stone. <laughs> Wear a hazmat suit whenever you're cooking. That's right. I'm honestly surprised they haven't become more standard in commercial kitchens. I mean, this is kind of on the topic of like one use kitchen gadgets and whether they're actually worth it. If you have any that are like core to... Your process in the kitchen. Such a pet peeve. Yeah? Huge. But I do have a potato ricer and a food mill. And <laughs> okay, okay. I guess if I had to get rid of one, I would I would get rid of the potato ricer mm-hmm. because it's more of a one-trick pony. Mm. I have the potato ricer for the one thing. And I, I've made, mm-hmm. I think in the last three years, I've made mashed potatoes twice. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. But it's like, ugh. It's just, but that moment. That's right. Oh. Yeah, when you don't have it, it's like the world is ending. Right. And when you put that first bite of mashed potatoes in your mouth and they literally just melt over your tongue, you're like, okay, (laughs) that's why I have this goddamn thing in the drawer because of this moment right here and this ecstasy that I'm experiencing. (laughs) But also when you squeeze a perfectly cooked potato through the ricer and there's no starchy bit and it Mm. like flies through like that is 
that's a great feeling. It's kind of fun to extrude it too. I'm going to be honest. You know, like <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I'm talking about extruding, baby. Yeah, it's like a projectile pasta machine. Floof. You just like floof, yeah. and then like little yeah. strands of potato just shoot out. Yeah, it's like a grown-up Play-Doh fantasy. Oh, yeah. that's exactly what it is. <gasps> yeah, oh you actually God. get to okay. eat it. <laughs> yeah. Without your parents yelling at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Call me old fashioned. I just like jamming it with a little potato masher. I'm sure it's the worst version, but no, live your life. I mean, come on, you know, <laughs> like there are bigger problems in the world than mashed potatoes. That's right. The actual one use appliance that I really want. And it's even harder in a New York kitchen to get these small appliances because it's like, yeah. not only do I not have the counter space for it, I don't have any space for it. It's going to go next to my bed. I really want that thing that makes the hard-boiled eggs, where you, like, layer them all up and it, it oh. cooks. Even though... Like, in look, the microwave? You don't need that. Unless it's making yogurt and heating up a baby bottle. Like, absolutely not. <laughs> it's not. It's absolutely not. It's just making a hard-boiled egg, and I realize I can do that with one pot and, and some yep. tap water. <laughs> I know that fully well, mm -hmm. but that being said... I still fuck it up every time. <laughs> I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. And I want to tell you about a podcast I think you're going to love. Who Weekly is a podcast about everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Does celebrity news stress you out? Are there too many people you've literally never heard of? Check out Who Weekly, a podcast hosted by Lindsay Weber and me, Bobby Finger. Each episode goes deep into the biggest Who Liberty stories of the moment. And if you're still confused, we even have a weekly call-in episode where we'll answer the most burning listener queries. Who Weekly airs twice weekly with brand new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen and follow Who Weekly on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts. I'm Shimol Yai, and I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense that you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost, but now I'm coming back as a judge and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you want to understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully no one will die on station night. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Should we um, should we move on to the next one? Yeah, we actually have a food video trend one right coming up next. Love it. Okay, my name is Sean, and I need to rant about this food Instagram, TikTok, YouTube shit I get to got going on. I totally get people loving food enough to like cook their recipes and share them with the world, and I'm so here for all these different cuisines being shared across multiple platforms. Why the living shit are people cutting things so aggressively? <laughs> Nobody fucking cooks like that. Like, why is everybody throwing food all around their fucking kitchen, making a goddamn mm -hmm. mess every chance they get, making some bullshit dish that they don't even know how to cook or pronounce correctly? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and also, for the love of fucking Beyonce, stop 
slapping your meat. <laughs> Why do people do that? I don't Never. understand it, and oh I am God. over it. <laughs> I love this. Um, it no, did... no comments. Perfect. A perfect message. <laughs> no, 100% agree. It started off, and I was like, okay, this sounds like a direct attack yeah. against anybody who posts a video of, of themselves making food. But we narrowed in on the specifics of people doing it very aggressively. Yeah. And it's true. I, I don't know if, how much food video content you both consume, but there are a lot of TikTokers who I feel like are just violating the food before them. I agree. <laughs> no, 100%. There, there is like a range of complaints that I think I have personally about food video content, which on the one hand is, yes, people who are like so aggressive with their food. The video moves so quickly. They're using a sword to cut everything, <laughs> throwing it around. But then the other side of it is I haven't come up with the right term for it, but it is like food clickbait porn it's just like the the food video version of like snm where it's like the most <laughs> aggressive form of this genre asmr no i no, meant snm oh, i you said meant what it. i okay, said cool. yes okay, exactly just sure. just, we're just doubling yeah. down <laughs> it's like you know here let's make a casserole that has like lays potato chips with yeah. chocolate chips with marshmallows with like where it's you're combining all of these foods that like individually people are like oh yes i love that in creating like these frankenstein monster foods that nobody would actually eat the finished product of yeah it bothers me so much we're validating them by talking about it because that's what they want <laughs> that is true the entire point is just attention and i fall and pray i have to confess though i did a video the other day and there was a watermelon <laughs> i'm so embarrassed now i smacked <laughs> i smacked the watermelon really like the way that <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i did and i like made our DP who like does these beautiful panning shots of the ingredients after I do the intro, he, then he goes back through like after I've been talking and we just get like my hands in there or the whatever. And I was like, no, Tim, come back. Cause I'm going <laughs> to smack the shit out of this watermelon. And he was like, okay. And like, I did it. And now it's just gotten into my brain. Wow. Oh my God. I was always taught yeah. that's how you tell if it's ripe or not, that you have to right. kind of thunk it. So Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were doing that watermelon a favor. Yeah. But you were slapping it like an ass. Let's be honest. I was slapping it like an ass. Yeah. I was, I was slapping it like out, a butt cheek. Yeah, okay. I know. I appreciate it. But no, I was, it was a perfect, like one of those mini red seedless. And I just boom. Yeah. It. There was no like, is this ripe or not? This was like, no, you know, <laughs> smack that ass. You've moved into yeah. BDSM land. Come on. <laughs> There is one guy on Instagram who I don't know if he's crossed your feeds, but he is, I guess, a pastry chef, but he shoots every video as if it's like soft core yes. pornography. Yeah. And he's and like shirtless like, and he's like kneading <laughs> and like things are dripping wow. and yeah. Right. I watch him late at night. <laughs> yeah. It's like you can't watch it in public no. because people will question. But also you don't when Rick is on it. his swing, he's just like... <laughs> Sipping my martini at two o'clock in the morning, watching that hot guy need dough. Swinging away. And it's always, I swear to God, he has like one recipe. It's like cinnamon rolls. So he needs the dough like an ass. And then like yeah. at the end, he's like squirting the frosting on top and then the things goo. are dripping and melting. And I'm like, I can't. I need to go to bed. Yeah. And the captions are always <laughs> vile. It's always like if you want to like make your girl drip or whatever. Oh, yeah. like, wow. give her and I was like, oh, no, 
Um, but obviously, I still follow him and talk about him publicly. And play his videos, <laughs> and watch you him know, and, just yeah. like in public. Right. Yeah. You know. The slapping the meat thing is also, that kind of alludes to something that I'm afraid of, which is, uh, trust me, there's a connection here. Okay. I almost exclusively eat chicken, and I am so deathly afraid of cooking it because I'm convinced that if I even look at a piece of uncooked chicken, I will die of, like, E. coli, salmonella, like every bacterium that could possibly live <laughs> on a chicken breast. Yep. We do have a caller about this. Should we, should we, oh, should let, we play it? Let's do it. Hi, Matt and Barry. My food complaint is kebabs that have, like, pork and fruit on it. I don't know if this was just something in my house growing up with my family, but my mom would literally put pork and, like, pineapple on a kebab skewer. That is fucking disgusting. Those two things should not go together. I don't understand the obsession (laughs) with combining fruit with meat. That's gross. No. It literally makes me want to throw up. And then my other complaint with cooking is why is it so hard to cook chicken perfectly? Like, this should Mm -hmm. be so easy. And it's like, am I going to get salmonella or am I going to be eating rubber tonight? (laughs) Like, I don't know if this is just me. I even have one of those fucking meat thermometer things that I can never read. And it's like, Mm. I don't know. Why is this so hard? Anyway, thanks for listening. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the first complaint, I say bullshit. (laughs) I, as the host, will say, absolutely not. I won't allow this slander on this podcast. (laughs) I think if you're going to grill any fruit, pineapple is the fruit to grill, right? Yeah, it's a damn good fruit to grill. Sure. I mean, I'm sure there's others. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if you're going to put something on a kebab. Yeah, pineapple is very popular, but also pork and pineapple is incredibly popular. And it just made me think of like al pastor. I ate an al pastor taco last night. Yeah. You cannot have al pastor without a pineapple. Right. Too much is too much. Like it's all there for the spicy and the, you know, the sweet and the salty and the pairing. But Hot fruit, though, like, I don't want hot fruit. And I really don't. I really, really don't want a Hawaiian pizza. Okay, yeah, that is a common debating point. I'm with okay, you but on wait. that. Hot fruit, but what does that mean? Like, hot fruit cobbler? Hot fruit yeah. pie? No, hot savory fruit. Okay. Mm, okay. But I would like to, gr- I would grill a nectarine yeah, or a gr- I peaches. would grill a plum. Yeah. yeah. And then I would want it spicy. So, yeah, I guess I'm a sea of contradictions. (laughs) Yeah, so we actually just got farther away from the truth, I think. Also, but I I will say, though, that, like, hot fruit or warm fruit is gross. Like, just, like, Mm -hmm. if you're going to grill it or heat it, caramelize it. Cook it all Mm -hmm. the way through. But, like, when you just, like, heat a pineapple, that, I think, is disgusting. Because then it's just, like, it's flaccid and warm and... Oh, no, not flaccid. Yeah, Yeah. nobody (laughs) nobody needs flaccid pineapple. Yeah, it's like you left the pineapple on the beach, and then at the end of the day, you were like, maybe it's still good. And it's like, it's not. It's 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 now, like, bubbly. Yeah, I mean, as you were saying that, I did think, like, yeah, the number of, like, fruit cups that I've purchased before going (laughs) to the park and, and then eaten at the end of the day, like, I can't even contribute to this conversation. Because I'll still eat it. I'll still eat the like damp, warm fruit cup. Ew. Cool. Ew. Slap that melon. <laughs> That's my version of slapping the melon. <laughs> but on the topic of cooking chicken, yeah. Because I agree. I'm like, I never know if I'm going to kill myself or if it's like, I just cook it to the point of chicken jerky and then I know Ew. I'm safe. 
And what cuts <laughs> but, of chicken but are you getting? What cuts are these whole chickens, chicken breast? What's happening? Usually I'll buy some type of like antibiotics full, <laughs> like entirely <laughs> genetically modified chicken breast. The ones that are like that didn't yeah. come from like a free range chicken. That was for never sure. alive. That was yeah. never a living chicken. <laughs> yeah, it was embalmed. Yeah. This chicken breast is so it's like bigger than a human breast. It's at least a C cup. Right. And it's skinless bone. Yeah, yeah, typically, yes. Okay, so that's, yeah, you want skin, you want bones, you want dark meat. Right. Because with the skin, you can cook it and get it nice and crispy, and it's insulating, so you still have, like, juicy and delicious. Mm, Okay, true. And are you baking the chicken breast? When I've made it, uh, a lot of times... <laughs> this, you said this is the only thing you cook, so you've probably... <laughs> well, it's gone to a point where now the only, like, meat that I will cook myself is, like, ground meat, because I know I can just put it... It's truly the saddest thing I could admit to. <laughs> but it's just, like, I know I can throw it in a pot and combine it with stuff and make, like, chili or whatever. It's mostly and, chili. Yeah, it's mostly chili mostly or taco meat. Yeah. <laughs> But when I have made chicken, I guess it would be like kind of do the thing where I would sear it on the stovetop and then transfer it to the oven to finish. But Mm -hmm. even that, I'm like, I'm checking it every however many minutes and it's just never ready. And um, yeah. And then I end up convincing myself that it's this is it. This is the one that'll do it. Right. But you've survived so far. So I would just get some skin and bones if you want to stick with the white meat. Right. Mm -hmm. Skin and bones, lots of seasoning. I'm down with starting at stove top and going in the oven. Rick, are you? Yeah. No, I mean, I think that you'll get like really nice browning on the, the skin. Yeah. And then just go to internal temperature 155. Yeah. People think it has to be 165. And then if you pull it at 165, it's going to raise to 175. And then, yeah, that's a hot, dry chicken. Yeah. I'm always convinced that if I stick the thermometer in when it's undercooked, now I have a bacteria wand that I'm going to be (laughs) sticking into everything else. (laughs) That's, yeah, that's deadly. You know, like, I think, honestly, I think you could literally bite a raw chicken breast and nothing will happen to you. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. Not that I'm suggesting that, but maybe, maybe if you did, then you'd know, like, ah, I'm not going to die. So now you can, like not go to the the full leathery chicken jerky right exposure therapy was this like big cow industry just like dragging chickens name in the, in the ground okay all right because yeah. like wow. that definitely was i never thought we about were that. definitely just raised assuming that chicken will kill you another thing that i really like though is for i mean if you're going to do skinless boneless you should try poaching them mm. like it's a gentle simmer Put it in the pot with some aromatics, mm-hmm. some spices, some herbs, uh, like onion, garlic, whatever, whatever you want. Cover it and then just let it sit there gently for like 20 minutes. And then you've got like a really nice broth that you can either, you know, you can use to make a salad dressing or save it for soup or, I don't know, give it to your dog. But then you also have like really nice, tender, juicy chicken that is fully cooked because it's been yeah. in a water bath 200 degrees for 20 minutes. Right. Uh, well, all things to try. I, uh, I'll, I'll give it a shot and, uh, report back. And or if, if you read my obituary, then you know it, it went wrong. 
<laughs> and Barry is here to write that obituary. Yes. And say, yeah, someone told yeah, him I will to make lick a chicken some, breast. Someone, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> he took some very bad advice and yeah. Yeah. I'll end up being patient zero for like the next <laughs> chicken pox epidemic or whatever. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. You're strong. I think you you can you can fight that. Yeah, I have faith in you. I think we have time for maybe one more. Yeah, let's do it. Hi, Matt. Hi, Barry. Happy belated birthday, Barry. Thank you. My name is Stella Bottenstall, and I just want to say that I fucking hate mayonnaise so much. I'm from Minnesota, and, like, every single pasta salad that I've seen at every potluck or picnic ever has mayonnaise on it. So I'm like, ew, this is disgusting. It gets all congealed when it's hot and we're outside. And it's just so gross. And I hate the texture. I hate the smell. It looks like nasty, like thick, nasty pudding. (laughs) And I just really fucking hate mayonnaise. And I wanted to make that known. Miracle Whip is also included with this hatred. So so that's part one. I just want to make sure that people understand she did call back. Amazing. Okay. Should we just go for it and hear part two? Hi, Matt. Hi, Barry. This is Stella Bonstall calling. I just called about ranting about mayonnaise, and I just don't think that I put to justice how much I hate it. So, like I said before, I'm from Minnesota, and all of the fucking pasta salads have mayonnaise on them, and I just think that the most disgusting fucking thing on the planet, and this includes Miracle Whip as well. I know sometimes my mom was always like, well, Miracle Whip is different from mayonnaise, but no. They're both the same thing, different names. Just so fucking gross. I just wanted to say that. Fucking gross. to justice how gross I think mayonnaise is. And that's all. And that's all. And that's all. And then she calls back for the (laughs) thing. Yeah. She's like, P.S. Aioli is included with Miracle Whip and mayonnaise. (laughs) I mean, do you know people like this, Rick? The mayo haters? They're everywhere. There are a lot of mayo haters. I don't talk to them very much ever. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't need that toxicity. Yeah. I kind of all unfriended them. Yeah. Um, I I will say, though, that there is a point about the noodle salads and picnics and it gets hot and gross. Like, that's gross. Totally. Yeah. Like, yuck. And that is a staple of Matt's and my Midwestern childhoods, for sure. But we also... That Midwestern childhood makes us love mayonnaise. I don't know what you're talking about. I love it. Yeah. When I'm at a restaurant and I order fries and they ask what I would like on the side, I do not say ketchup. No, no. No way, Jose. I ask for mayonnaise. That's right. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, it was ingrained in my diet from birth. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it does feel sacrilegious to come from someone from Minnesota. Like the, and have such a the perfect goal, accent. Yeah, <laughs> to deliver that rant in a Minnesotan accent is... It's gutsy. I mean, I hope she's, I hope she's somewhere safe. I hope, yeah, <laughs> she's thought about this long and hard. But also... How do you eat sandwiches without mayonnaise? Like you I know, need that's you need lube thing. to like swallow the thing. Come yeah, on. What do you put on them? Yeah, that I don't even the... know what other condiments exist on a sandwich. Right, it's the water on a slip and slide. Without exactly. that, you just have a tarp. You choke, and that's terrible. You die. Right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's just a dry I mean, slide. I get pasta salad without mayo, and 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 I think that's a, sort of unfair because there's so much wrong with that cooked pasta salad that has like 
diced peppers in it and it's <laughs> elbow macaroni and it's like yeah. not nobody wants that no. i get that no my entire family eats that <laughs> but that doesn't mean that like all of mayo is bad because no. one misapplication mm. yeah like a tomato sandwich without mayo oh. it's so sad or like dipping cold rotisserie chicken into mayo with sriracha in it so you gotta live yeah can we just also talk about the fact that she put mayo and miracle whip in the same sentence and <laughs> that makes me so deeply upset i <laughs> hate miracle whip <laughs> Like you do. So my parents would buy Miracle Whip thinking that this is like a suitable substitute for mayonnaise. And it's like, no, I'm sorry, because it was like two for a dollar at the Piggly Wiggly. Like that is mm -hmm. not the reason to buy Miracle Whip. Like Nobody should be eating this shit. Like it's full of chemicals. It has that weird taste. It's sort of sweet and ugh, yeah, it's sweet. Gross. Yeah. No, just buy mayonnaise. Fuck you, Miracle Whip. <laughs> <laughs> is mayonnaise worth making? Versus buying. It depends. Yeah. For like a Tuesday night sandwich, no. Right. No. But like if you're doing a grand aioli where like the aioli is the sauce or, you know, there's. Right. It's like lobster a, and, and like a seafood yeah. thing with like this aioli and it's the star. Then, yeah, like spend, you know. Yeah. Okay. Or in a Caesar dressing, like, you know, that's mayonnaise. So you don't always oh have to. Oh, my you could God. <laughs> oh, my God. Just blew my mind. When I tell you that for years, I was like, I don't like anchovies. I definitely don't like anchovies. But I also was like, Caesar salad dressing is the best thing in the world. Why can't I find this taste anywhere else? And then I discovered <laughs> that taste is anchovies. And now yeah, I love that them. Is right. I also love mayonnaise. And I, oh, my God, Carla. That yep, just, wow. Yep. Mayonnaise, Caesar dressing is mayonnaise. I mean, you could just season Hellman's with garlic Stuff. and smashed yeah. anchovy and, and lemon juice and pepper and parm and it would be really really good but when you start from scratch for that it's like it is the whole dish you know you need it but i mean normal just for you know blt night no Hellman's. no hellman's makes a great product yeah <laughs> i'm just never gonna do it better than than the hellman family i, right. I think they've perfected it over generations exactly and yeah yeah and i don't mess with like the organic hellman's i don't mess with the olive oil hellman's i don't want any just anything classic. light hellman's no, oh, no fucking no, way a hundred percent hellman's west coast best foods we see you we love you that being said i do go hard for miracle whip i don't <laughs> Oh, uh, I yeah. That used to be kind of be a staple in our oh in our fridge growing up. It was if it was like in a recipe, like if my mom is making broccoli casserole, sh we're we're putting Hellman's in it. Oh but Clutching on a like sandwich, yeah, the on a sandwich, it's Miracle Whip every time. Oh. Rick is clutching his chest. <laughs> Rick is literally clutching pearls over there. Could I tell you what is in Miracle Whip? Absolutely not. Only a scientist could. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, now for certain, you have no worries with salmonella. You are in, <laughs> you My are impervious to any viruses and germs. Tops. <laughs> yeah, it is absolutely stunning that I am still on this earth. <laughs> we knew we'd end up judging Matt. We we said it at the very beginning. <laughs> um, well, I guess that is all the time that we have. Before we let you go, where can people find both of you and your work? And yeah. I am at Chef Rick Martinez on Instagram and rick-martinez.com. And I'm at Lolly Music on Instagram and Twitter and on YouTube. Just search Carla Lolly Music and you will find me. 
Amazing. Listen to your podcast, Borderline and yeah, Salty. Borderline Salty. Yeah, listen to Borderline Salty and buy Rick's book, Mikosina. And buy Carla's book. Buy all our stuff. Yeah. <laughs> buy us. We're for all sale. All of the above. <laughs> buy Matt's book. I also have we a book. Have but yeah. Uh Well, thank you both so much. I've learned a lot. I feel like we got a lot off our chests. Um, yes. So thank you. This was amazing. Thank you. This is really fun. Yeah, nothing more fun than bitching and moaning. And I'll let you know if I survive my chicken adventures. <laughs> Please send pics. Thinking of you. <laughs> and serve it with Miracle Whip. And warm fruit. <laughs> All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down easier. Starting with Do Better White People, where we highlight some anti-racism resources and other actions we can take to make our world a little bit better. And don't forget, we have an ongoing PDF of all the organizations we've shouted out over the last couple of years. So you can find that in our Instagram bio. Barry, what are we highlighting this week? Listen, I just finished a trio of detective novels and I was like, I don't have anything to read now. I don't know. I'm in such a rut of knowing what to read next. So I started to do a little research and I saw this article from Daniel Spielberger for them. And Daniel had reached out to seven LGBTQ authors whose work had been banned or challenged. And Daniel asked the authors to talk about the queer titles that changed their lives. Because one of the best ways to combat bans against queer literature is by buying, reading, sharing, and supporting queer literature. So Mm -hmm. I'm looking through that article to pick my next summer reading. We're going to put the link in the show notes and let us know if you end up reading any of these too. I thought it'd be a a nice way to support some queer literature, especially in Pride Month, but you don't need it to be Pride Month to support queer lit. Exactly. Go read some gay books. (laughs) All right. Let's get into the TV we've been watching. I know you've been watching basically everything on television. What have you been watching? Listen, I'm going to list it out, but I'm not actually going to talk about all of these things. Don't worry. But I do just want it to sink in how much fucking TV I've been watching. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's do it. Let's start the list. Everybody (laughs) strap in. Watched all of Severance. Absolutely loved it. Oh, my God. It's so good. Watch the second season of Made for Love. I liked mm-hmm. it even better than the first season. I watched most of Z-Way season two. Mm-hmm. I watched I Love That For You, which I will talk about in a second. I watched all of Stranger Things 4 Part 1, which is essentially 20 hours. <laughs> and I watched some of the After Party. It's actually the first show maybe ever that I only watched a couple episodes and then I skipped to the last episode because I didn't like it that much, even though the cast is incredible. (laughs) Okay. So of all of these, what I will pull out to talk about is I love that for you. Uh Uh-huh. Do you know about the show? Yeah. I feel like this is an ad, but it's truly not. Um, It's on Showtime. It's Vanessa Bayer. It's partially based on her life. It's basically that she grows up with childhood leukemia. She hasn't been sick for 20 years her huge dream in life is to be a host on the QVC channels, those like direct to TV shopping networks. And then she auditions and gets it. And then I won't spoil it from there. It is so funny. The performances are amazing. I am Uh really, really, really loving the show so much. It's still going on. So I haven't finished the season. I think I'm like on episode six or something like that at this point. And Matt Rogers is in it, and he is so freaking good in it. And Jennifer Lewis is one of the main characters, and, like, they need to freaking throw Emmys at her. Holy crap. She's so good. And Vanessa Bayer, too, is just, like, has, like, 
cringe humor where you're just like, oh my God, stop, stop talking, stop talking how you're so awkward. But then it also has just like heartfelt humor. And it's, I have, ah, I love it. It's so fun. Um, I'm really, really enjoying it. So those are all the things that I have watched and I'm continuing to watch. What about you? Uh, I mean, sadly, I probably watched just as many hours of television <laughs> and I did not have COVID the last two weeks. Um, I have been in a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills hole. I talked about this on the last episode, but I believe I started maybe three weeks ago, perhaps sooner than that, and am on season nine oh of the God. Real Housewives. <laughs> they are 20 episode seasons, hour long episodes. I've watched nine seasons of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Wow. My brain is leaking out of my ears <laughs> onto the ground. Do you like do other stuff while you're watching? I mean, yeah, that is the okay, thing. You okay. don't have to pay attention. If I walk away, I'm not missing anything. <laughs> I can have it on in the background and still understand the gist of the arguments these women are getting in. It really is like... You're just listening to people gossip about one another. It's like you're you're listening. Yeah. You're listening to like an argument about the smallest possible thing blow up into like a life altering altercation between people. I am sad. A few thoughts. I'm sad that last time I believe I said that I would live and die for Lisa Vanderpump. Yes. Um, Yes. And I blindly agreed. She does sort of become a villain, which Uh-oh. saddens me. I'll still die for her, but I feel bad about it. Right, right. I do feel like I'm complicit in the downfall of society by partaking <laughs> in this show. It does. Like, all of these women have eating disorders. There's absolutely no question that, like, they all have an incredibly unhealthy relationship with their bodies. And oh. I hate that. <laughs> I'm just like, can we not? The way that they just so kind of cavalierly talk about, like, how they're starving themselves before something or I mean that's just I guess like Hollywood and LA and Beverly Hills especially but I'm like okay can can we chill a bit but that is the real housewives it is just insane television and I'm excited to catch up because half the fun of the show is like seeing it play out in right. real life because then they're like engaging with one another on Twitter and like the tabloids and it is uh a mess in the best possible way. The other thing that I will highlight just to balance out the trash is a lot of Ken Burns documentaries. Oh yes. I, I watched <laughs> the entirety of civil war. Um, <laughs> the movie fire Island on Hulu. I'm so excited. I still haven't watched it, but I'm so excited too. Yeah, it's um, it was it was written by a former guest complainer, Joel Kim Booster. It stars Bowen Yang and Joel and Margaret Cho and Matt Rogers and a whole bunch of other great people. It's adapted from Pride and Prejudice. So if you know that story, it's that story. But it's set, um, you know, it's it's all gay characters. And, you know, obviously the two leads are gay Asian men. And yeah, it's just like a, a really fun, ridiculous gay movie. Love Perfect it. Perfect for Pride Month. Yeah. What's your non-TV chaser? I've got two. And guess what? They both have to do with you. Good. So at the beginning of having COVID, pretty much the only thing that my brain could handle was TikTok. Uh Uh-huh. And lo and behold, our wonderful Matt Belisai is now on TikTok making TikToks, not just consuming it. (laughs) 
And I love it. And it makes me so happy. And I love when you show up on my feed. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also, uh, you surprised me and Alex by bringing over approximately 40 cookies. <laughs> homemade cookies. There were 20 cookies. They were lemon lemon sugar cookies, which were truly incredible, and then absolutely amazing chocolate chip cookies. Mm-hmm. So many that I have been having a cookie at breakfast every morning. Good. So many cookies that Alex and I did make a blended cookie milkshake, mm-hmm. <laughs> where we blended. desecrating my cookies. <laughs> no, are you kidding me? Elevating, elevating the cookie. <laughs> we blended three chocolate chip cookies with oat milk and some ice cream, and it it mm. was incredible. <laughs> and the cookies themselves were my chaser, but also just the loving care and community of your friendship was so wonderful and it made me so happy so thank you for being my chasers this week Mm -hmm. what about you is your chaser that you didn't have to see me for this long (laughs) because i have covid my chaser was this beautiful respite i've had from your friendship um I did love the cookies because the reason that you got 10 of each is because I made a dozen of each and then I kept two for myself of each. Surprised you didn't keep more. So that's good. Good for you. Well, (laughs) the problem was I was invited to a a friend's like rooftop party this past weekend. And I was like, oh, I'll make cookies. And I knew I was going to make extra for you. So I made I made cookie dough for like probably four dozen of each so like eight dozen cookies that's a lot of cookies (laughs) the party was on saturday so i woke up saturday and i was making the cookie dough and it has to like sit in the fridge and i was so proud that i got it all by like 2 p.m all the dough was ready and then i get a text that was like are you gonna be ready we're gonna meet in like 45 minutes and i was like wait (laughs) i thought this was like a nighttime thing No, no, no. This was like a daytime party. So then I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to make all these cookies in an hour. I'm just going to have to not bring cookies and freeze the cookie dough and just have a shitload of cookie dough. So long story short, you got a couple of dozen, but I now have cookie dough for like six more dozen cookies. So don't worry. I will have plenty of cookies to go. I think this is like a beautiful next level for you to be in, though, that like you're now the kind of person who just has like a ton of homemade frozen cookie dough in your freezer. Exactly. And that's beautiful. But yeah, the other the other thing that I was going to say was, yeah, I've been, I've been having fun just playing around with TikTok and starting to post stupid stuff there. It does feel very like old school, almost BuzzFeed-esque of like, I'm just, yeah, some stuff I'm going to post and it's going to be ridiculous and stupid and some stuff might actually take off. Who knows? You're just kind of throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. And that is the chaos of TikTok. (laughs) I can't wait until I turn some fandom against me and inevitably get chased off. But until then, (laughs) I'm going to fuck around. Anyway, so yeah, cookies, TikTok, friendship, all of the above. That is it for this week's episode. Thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can buy merch at unhappyhourshop.com. As always, you can head to the Odyssey app or wherever you get this podcast. Follow us, rate us, review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, Marisa Roscoe, and me, Matt Bellisai. Hadim Jang, Meredith Rice, and Kurt Courtney help out with our socials. 
Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansdale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkleberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Bellisine. You can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter and Unhappy Hour on Instagram for all the latest podcast buzz. You can leave us a voicemail on our rant hotline at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. I dreamed a dream of time gone by. My mom sobs every time she hears that song. Especially the Glee version. Oh, God.